Leonard Lopate at large. I'm Leonard Lopate. Joining us now with advice on how to deal with some of the problems we can expect as the warm weather slowly creeps upon us are Lawrence and Alvin Ubell of Accurate Building Inspectors of Brooklyn. Over the years, they have inspired millions of hesitant do-it-yourselfers to take repairs into their own hands. Alvin served as the, the household hints and safety editor with Family Circle magazine for over two decades. He was a regular on ABC TV's Good Morning America for five years and also on ABC's Talk Radio Network for five years. And his son, Lawrence, is the company's president and chief inspector. They join us now to offer their expert advice to you, our listeners, and we invite you to call us with your questions at 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. Alan Larry, welcome back to our show. It's a pleasure to be aboard. Nice to be here. We've already had a couple of... Relatively hot days, and then today cold again. But should we be doing anything to prepare our air conditioners for the hot days ahead? Uh, well, uh, air conditioning is, is an inev- inevitable device that we uh, have least, to use. At least the people who have air conditioners. Not everybody does. Not everybody has it, but uh, the alternatives ours is to use the actual uh, atmosphere in order to cool the house down or the apartment down. I mean, like opening the windows in a proper way. In other words, if you want to increase ventilation, you have to open up the window uh, like a few inches from the bottom and a few inches from the top so that it homogenizes the air within the mm. space. I Most mean, people don't do that. They just open they, one well, side or the other. I, uh, when you do it a couple of times, then you realize that it actually works. <laughs> that what happens is the warm air in the room rises and goes out the top of the window and brings cool air into from the bottom. And this way you are able to get some sort of homogenization of the air and you feels better. But one thing I do want to say is that you also have to, each particular space you have to look at individually. If you happen to have an apartment where all your windows face the same direction Mm. of the building, then opening the windows at the tops and the bottoms will help more. Uh, but if you actually are, are, are lucky enough to have windows that are either completely on both sides of the building or on a corner of a building where you have a bunch of, a par, a bunch of windows facing west and a bunch facing north. That's cross-ventilation. Exactly. And on those, you do want to actually open the window, figure out which way the air is coming in and going out. And if you, on the sides where you know the air is coming out, open the windows at the bottom. On the, where, on the part of the apartment where the air is going out, open the windows on the top. That way you're forcing the air, the warm air up to the top and making it easier for it to escape the apartment. But like my father was saying is that you want the air in the entire apartment to kind of be, um, you know, homogenous or equal temperature throughout. That's sometimes a little hard to get. Um, but also a ventilator, if you have the possibility of having a bathroom that has a on-off switch for your ventilator, turn it on during the summer because that'll draw more air in from outside. You're creating a negative pressure or a vacuum in the apartment. Many people have been afraid to have too many guests in their apartments because of the pandemic. That's all going to change or does opening the windows make the situation better no matter what? 
in my humble opinion, as a non-medical professional, I can't see how that could be bad. Mm. You want to get as much air through your apartment as possible, as many air changes, as we like to say, and uh, having the having the windows open and, and feeling a breeze through your apartment is the best way, I think, to keep the uh, the, the, the virus loading in your particular space down. No, so, doesn't... Or, oh, what, just one other thing. It goes back to that old, uh, that old uh, 70s, 80s line, the solution to pollution is dilution. <laughs> so dilute it. Dilute the air and, and make more air, less virus. Doesn't but the cost also- of servicing and repairing air conditioners increase as the temperature rises? Well, the I, uh, well, the, you had a thought before you answered that question. Yeah. Well, yes. What well, I, I was just saying that if you under if you understand exactly what's going on in as far as the atmosphere is concerned and what nature has to do, is that if if you put shades on the uh, east, uh, south, and west sides of the building where the sun comes in, on if the you windows. have windows on those sides, is to restrict the amount of sunlight that comes into the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this could. Uh, reduce the heat load, and also it'll save you money. If you happen to have air conditioning units on it, you, your air conditioning will, will, will work more efficiently if you reduce the sun load that comes into the apartment. So window shades are very important. You don't have to put them on the uh, north side because you won't get any sun there and therefore that those windows that are northerly exposed should be left open top and bottom in some way you mean not have them just don't close them yes. but if you have neighbors looking in through the window you might want to have them yeah. so that's a whole other issue but you were asking about the the uh, 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 financial mm-hmm. uh, situation of air conditioners and doing repairs well I have to say for the most part most window units most through the wall units are not repairable you really? don't repair them. No. They're sealed units. Once they, they don't even have uh, uh, Schrader valves or the valves that you would use to uh, add refrigerant and do pressure tests on them. They don't even have that. So Once if they, they break, you just got to get you, rid of them you, and replace them. Because no one's, no one's going to replace it because the cost of replacement or the cost of repair will far exceed. I mean, you do you can go. I mean, I can open up my phone now and find air conditioners for $120, and you're not going to get someone for less than $120. Twenty dollars to show up at your house, so yeah. that's that's so that's not really the situation. As far as central air conditioning repair or uh, what we call uh, mini splits or ductless units or just conventional uh, central air ducted systems, those systems do need repair and are repairable. In those situations, yes, this is right now is the time you want to call your air conditioning people before it starts getting hot because once it starts getting hot then they get the emergency calls right now they're doing the service calls for the people who are uh, aware enough to know they need to do that yeah but you also have to make sure that cleanliness is not only next to godliness but cleanliness is also get uh, 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 next to saving energy and being more comfortable uh, all f- all air conditioning units have filters in them and the filter really is not 
to filter the air or for biological reasons. It's really for the air conditioning unit. It's not to, for our breathing. It, it, it's it not, is not. It is not for. It's, it's for not, the condition. The air for, conditioner it, itself. No, it's not for us. It's not for us. It's for the unit itself mm. to operate more, as efficiently as possible in order to let the air pass through it. Because once those filters get clogged up, the unit has to work harder or longer or stronger until it, it cools down the space. And that is also very costly. In other words, the more difficult it is for the air conditioning to function, the more electricity it's going to consume. I also want to say on that same front is even if you're changing the filter, whether it's on a central system, a ductless unit, a, a, a through the wall or, an, or a window, it is not a bad idea that once you take the first of all, always take the filter out with the unit off. Because if you oh, take yes. it out with, if you no, if you take it off with the unit on, then you're going to suck in all that loose dust uh. right back into the unit. So that defeats the purpose of the filter. But the second thing is, if you have the, if you have a vacuum cleaner with a soft tip brush on it, you know the one used for fabric and things like that. Go or turn on the air, the vacuum cleaner, and suck all huh. the loose dirt that's around that filter holder and the grill and all that. So now, once you put the new filter in, at least you're starting out from a fresher cleaner uh, uh, position. Now, you suggest that the air condition blades on our AC units should be pointed to blow the air toward the ceiling. Why, why not toward us? Well, because the ceiling is where the warm air is, and the idea is that the, the, uh, the, the heat from the room rises to the ceiling, and if you blow the cool air up to it, the cool air, which is denser, is heavier, and it goes down to the floor. If you just put the air conditioning down for the floor, the only thing that you're going to cool off is your feet, you're not your body. The I, idea is. Let me interject something with that. Is that is that if you've ever noticed, thermostats are located about at eye level. Why are they at eye level? That's not an accident. It's not to make them easier to use. It's because we're heating or cooling the air for where our heads are. Ah. Okay, so our heads are comfortable. Okay, so that's where our, 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 our starting point is. So we want the air conditioning. First of all, you don't want it pointing out toward us because who wants to feel the cold air blowing on us? That's uncomfortable. The same way you don't want hot air blowing on you. So you point the vapor. But we put a fan aiming at That's aiming. different. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that you, in a while. Once you cool off, the fan gets a little <laughs> annoying. So you want the blades pointed toward the ceiling so to displace the warm air at the ceiling and cool the whole room homogeneously. And I would remind you to our listeners, by the way, you don't only have to call the gurus of how to about air conditioning. We uh, cover a wide range of home repair issues. The number here is 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. But uh, let's talk a bit about fans. What about ceiling fans? You say they're not only good at cooling, but also are an energy-saving investment and less expensive and quieter than, than most AC units. But they're also, they can be kind of ugly. Well, you have to understand that nature in itself is an air conditioning system when it's with, with moisture. Our bodies perspire continuously, almost all the time. But as that moisture comes out to the surface of our body and it evaporates, and the process of evaporation is where water is, the, the water is turned into a, a, a gaseous state, 
and which takes energy to do that. So that's why you get that cooling effect. When you come out of a shower, right away you're chilled because everything, that water is evaporating, turning to a gas, and it's taking the heat from your body out, and that's why you feel cooler. Uh-huh. And if you could. So the, the so evaporating the fan, of so the, the perspiration is what's you. making you feel cooler. Yeah, when the fan blowing on you, it's accelerating the evaporational rate and therefore making you feel cooler than you would normally feel. And there are two things. First, I take exception that the ceiling fans are ugly. Okay. So I take exception. Well, they could be that. nice. I, I speak for myself and all the other fans out there. <laughs> we, I want to have as many fans as I can. Exactly. Oh, but that's a different story. Exactly. But what my father was referring to is a phenomenon called the called the heat of evaporation. Whenever whenever water evaporates, whenever water evaporates, it takes heat out from whatever it's in contact with, and so it makes you feel cooler. Like when you lick your finger, put it up in the wind, and your finger feels cold. That's one thing. But I have to say that also the fans, especially at low speed, um, even during the uh, winter, if you turn the fan so it's blowing up toward the ceiling at a slow speed, it will displace the warm air at the ceiling back down to the floor. But during the summer... During the summer, you actually want the the fan blowing down to give you that chill over your body, so you feel that evaporation. So you really want the the air on you during the winter. You don't want to feel the air; you just want to displace that warm air at the ceiling. You're listening to Let It Low at Large at WBAI New York ninety nine point five FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. And my guests are the gurus of how to Alvin and Lawrence U Bell, and we're taking your calls at two one two. Two zero nine two eight seven seven. Let's take a call. BAI, you're on the air. Hi, I would love to take your suggestion and move the vents, but the last three air conditioners I bought, believe it or not, the vents are not movable. Oh. So it's like straight at you. If you can tell me where to get an AC, but they they don't make them anymore. Well, well that's a manufacturer's uh, prerogative that they put in. Uh, non-adjustable ventilators in order to incre- to decrease the, uh, the the cost of making the air conditioning unit. The idea is to sell air conditioning units and they try to bring down the prices in order to make it more conducive to purchase that particular air conditioning unit. However, you can install uh, on yourself with a little with a little masking tape or scotch tape or something like that some way to divert the air coming out of your air conditioner to go up toward the ceiling. And you, that takes a little bit well, of ingenuity, but I think most people could simply do that. I'm just going to say easily with uh, with cardboard and duct tape. That's uh, exactly Remember, right. there is that saying from uh, the Tim Allen show, if you can't fix it, duck it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Angle it away. We, right, exactly. Yeah. Angle it up toward the ceiling. I also have to say that, and you bring up a good point to all many of our other listeners, that before you actually purchase one online, you might actually want to go to a store like uh, PC Richards or, or Sears or what have you and look at the air conditioner and see which ones actually have movable vanes or movable yeah, no, louvers. Believe it or not, they did not have any. That's, that's, that, you know what? That's kind of a little... Um, Mm. That's nuts. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to use a technical term. If That's you, nuts. If you, if you <laughs> take a look at, at most automobiles, the ventilating system coming out of the dashboard... That's why they have uh, adjustable vanes yeah. in order to redirect the air into a, into a comfortable mode in order to get 
the full advantage mm-hmm. of the heating and air conditioning and, units that are built into the car. And even the and even the uh, new the new um, ductless air conditioning units by the Mitsubishi, Fujitsu, Dankins, they all on their louvers are all movable louvers, which either will uh, move around on their own or you can direct them in a, in a particular direction. And so that being the case, uh, I think that, like my father said, I think it's a uh, cost-reducing uh, effort by the manufacturers to sell Thanks. more units. Do you guys have an email if I want to ask questions? Or... Say it again? Yes. Um, if, if you want to ask us any questions, you can always email alvin at accuratebuilding.com. Thank you very much. Okay. And we thank you. You're welcome. Well, let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I'm on. always thrilled to hear you guys on together. Um, I want to make a couple of observations because I've lived in, sec- you know, kind of not so hot buildings over the years, and in, mm-hmm. and in Florida as well. I have found that putting um, space blankets, I use a uh-huh. painter's tape around the windows will help reflect a lot of heat out. And I'm also a big fan of two sets of shears mm-hmm. um, creating that little bit of static so it picks up the dust. Mm-hmm. Now, and washing them on a regular basis. Right. I'm going to say as far as the uh, reflective uh, material, yes, because, you know, you can insulate against uh, heat in two ways. One is uh, what we call conductive insulation and the other one is what we call radiant or reflective insulation and if the sun is hitting the uh, reflective material directly it will bounce that that those heat waves back out into the uh, in, in into the exterior or into the outside and not penetrate inside so yes they are those uh, foil blankets uh, space blankets will be effective so she's figured something out yeah. that yeah, that's I, great. I'm not sure what she meant about not too hot buildings. Is that was that a was oh, that, no, I mean was that the, I mean in the sense that that they're not particularly well built. Oh, uh-huh. that's what I figured. I think it was I think it was a construction it was a construction judgment, not a, not an environmental yeah, 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 judgment. Yeah, yeah, not, okay. not, not, not the That's BTUs. a problem with the English language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not BTUs. We're talking about okay. old shoddy. But I think those are both <laughs> and, great ideas. Yeah, and, and, and nasty old nasty leaky windows you know yeah i got gotcha. you i'm a big fan also of uh, that sticky um, weather stripping on yeah. your old windows boy yeah. that can really make a big difference too. yes we're uh pressure sensitive where it's sticky on one uh-huh. side you peel it off and you push it in yes those that's pretty effective but they don't have that long of a life expectancy they only usually well, last i actually have them on my slider on oh, the okay. sliding glass door and i put one on the the receiving end and one on the you know pushing end and yeah. the two together really do well nicely and they yes. have, they've held up for three and four years that's great well, somebody, okay. thank so, you guys. So, thank you, well, babe. We, you know, uh, she knows so much. Maybe we should invite her to join the group <laughs> yeah, next time. Yeah, exactly. well, well, I'll, I'll you don't want you. me in your room. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'll tell you I'm something. Not, uh, the the foam, the, the, there is a, a very elastic, uh, like foam rubber that uh, strips that have a pressure sensitive way that, on especially with uh, double hung windows, but also on casement windows, they have different sizes, and you can push them into the hinge side or the the latching side of the uh, of the window, or even the window sill, and put it all the way down, so that when the windows are closed or something, they are more tight, and they have like that foam stuff 
acts like a gasket to prevent the heat from coming into the building or in the wintertime, preventing the heat from escaping from the window, keeping your, your room uh, comfortable in the wintertime. So those kinds of devices are very helpful in maintaining uh, uh, the good atmosphere inside of your apartment. The other thing I just wanted to touch on is which here in New York, many people live in apartments and many apartment buildings generate a lot of heat on their own even when they're not producing heat. So even on the days when they're not, for instance, if you live in an apartment building that's a six stories or greater, there is always a circulating hot loop of water going through the entire building. So people, when they turn on their domestic hot water at the sink or shower or tubs, that they don't have to wait for the water so we don't waste Mm -hmm. water. That is, but it also is a, I'm going to say, a waste of heat energy because you're always circulating the, hot the water, water. The water's always hot. It's always hot. And, so, and we get annoyed when we, t- we turn on the hot tap and it, the water doesn't come out right. hot. Right. And so that... So that's one thing. Also, if you have elevator equipment, that generates a certain amount of heat. Mm. If you have other kinds of things going on, they all generate heat. Um, And we are now, during the summer, trying to get rid of that heat. And so it's a battle back and forth. And in New York, it, it may cost more to just cool because of that. But one of the things that also works is, like we were talking about shades on the windows and so on. But if you have a place where the heat coming through a window is great... Putting the plastic on that we use in the wintertime for the summertime will work also at keeping that room cooler. A reminder that our number here is 212-209-2877. Should we take another call? Sure. Okay. BAI, you're on the air. Hi there. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Of course. I have a question Mm -hmm. about windows and then i have a question about let's say in the back of the house patio cement first question on windows i purchased windows that had uh, argon and Mm e-gas it was to basically keep uh, the winter coldness out Mm -hmm. and to keep the sunlight from baking us in the summertime Mm -hmm. now unfortunately i chose the wrong company Mm-hmm. And the gas escaped from the windows. Right, and now they're now, all Now, the window is somewhat cloudy. Is there any way that I can clean its double-paned windows, or do I have to replace? Well, if it's... It- you have to replace. That's the, the first question. You have to replace the. the let me. T- we'll get to the second question first, because then we'll forget what the second okay. question is. So let's do the first one. Uh, you have to replace that glass pane. Okay, they can take the window out of the sash, and then dismantle the uh, out of the out of the window dismantle the sash and then replace that insert back into the into the window and then put the window back there's no way to clean it because the dirt is in between the two pieces of glass um okay. so when that's, you say well, uh, said sash what is sash okay is this a double hung window. window or a casement window it's a double hung so window. the part that slides up and down is called the sash that, the, that the window that's the nomenclature yeah the window the window is the whole unit the part that moves is called the sash 
Okay. Oh, okie dokie. Thank so you. The sash, so I've got to. You got two uh, sashes. There, you got is, uh, there uh, are companies that will take it and uh, do this job. I don't have yeah. to replace the entire well, window. Well, it depends on who manufactured the window. If it was a if it was a custom window manufacturer, you might have to find another custom manufacturer to repair it. Or if it's a brand, whether it's Marvin, Acorn, uh, Peller, or, uh, or uh, Anderson, you can call up one of their local representatives, and they will come out and take the window and repair it and put it back. Yeah, most of it. Okay. Thank you for that. Now, okay. the second uh, let's, let's question this is this. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, from the front, when we have our streets clean, Mm-hmm. When it snows, because of the salt, mm-hmm. and it's a very high concentrated salt, uh, when they come and they, you know, salt the area and mm-hmm. the salt gets on the sidewalk, it will eat through the cement quite fast. Mm-hmm. Now, is there any any chemical or substance you can get to neutralize the salt from eating the cement? Well, th- that... That takes place in the the original installation of the concrete for the sidewalk. If they didn't use the appropriate amount of what they call cement, aggregate, a- and water, mm-hmm. that will cause the, uh, the concrete to be soft and not have a, a, very, a, 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 co- a congruent, connected, with all connection to all of the elements that makes up the concrete itself. And that happens to be on bad workmanship from the very beginning. And there is the only way to prevent that from happening is you almost have to remove the existing concrete and pour a new concrete with someone who understands the technology of how concrete cures and how it should be Implanted. Excuse fact, me. Can I can I fact, ask who put fact, the concrete down Lawrence, first? Lawrence just did well, a whole bunch of concrete work. Yeah. So you would say who oh. put who like Leonard was asking who put okay. down who, let, let who me put add who, this who, to no it no no because the concrete it has stones you know it has lots of stones it's very I mean let me ask you can, can I ask you a couple of questions how old is this concrete sure. how old is this concrete this concrete is about say 20 15 between 15 and 20 years okay so i'm gonna say right now is that the concrete um at this point really doesn't owe anybody anything (laughs) um and i have to say that it probably is more recent that you're having these issues uh and maybe and and also maybe it's been patched and patching concrete does not work period end of sentence the concrete has never been patched okay but what has happened is, as I said, I don't know if it's the concentration of the salt, because my neighbor, oh my God, she just got uh, her her whole sidewalk done, mm-hmm. and in, she's only been here two years, yes. okay? Well, and, well, I'm also uh, going to say that the, you should, right you, but the, you should, but you shouldn't right. be, excuse the me. The salt me. has eaten the whole path. Yes, I'm going to say that. The concrete. I, okay, I don't. So, can I say something for a moment? Uh, sure. What I'm thinking is that the issue with your concrete, or in the neighbors also, is also the calcium chloride, which is not okay. salt. The city only uses salt. 
The city doesn't use anything other than salt, and there's no higher concentration of salt or lower concentration. It's rock salt. It's just plain old rock salt, and rock salt doesn't really have an adverse uh, uh, effect. So on, you're saying that's the best? Yeah. So uh, calcium chloride can do more damage to the concrete because it tends oh, to react. Okay. It tends and, to react. And I'll say this: it's yeah. not within New York City. This is on Long Island. Oh, okay. So I don't know what they're doing on Long Island. <laughs> so that's another thing that altogether. Also, this is a good point to all people with concrete. You shouldn't put anything on your concrete for one full year. So even oh, so, if you do a if you do a concrete installation, you shouldn't put any salt or calcium chloride for at least twelve months. And so hopefully you can get away with doing that, but it's very tempting to spread calcium chloride all over the place because that way yeah. you don't have to shovel as much. But it and could we do had damage. A very bad winters. Yeah. And so, that, I mean, hey, yeah. her, 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 her driveway, her yeah. driveway and her uh, uh, walkway mm -hmm. gone completely. Yeah. She gone. she might have actually done that herself with calcium chloride. No, no, no. This yeah. was this was done by I know okay. the whole house was renovated. Okay. Okay. She okay. just bought it. Okay, but I'm saying is at some point someone might have used calcium chloride. Anyway, yeah. uh, the window situation, just call up a window uh, a mechanic, and they could probably fix those problems. Beautiful. Listen, thank you so very much. No problem. And we thank you so much for your call. And a reminder, if uh, you w want to join this conversation, our number here is 212-209-2877. This is WBAI New York. 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. and Alvin Ubel of Accurate Building Inspectors of Brooklyn, a regular guest on this show. We take your calls when they are here at 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. And we're really here. And, <laughs> yeah, they're in the studio. This is a live show. <laughs> this is our first show since in, in a couple of years. A couple of years. Where we have actually had guests in the studio and, seen and i'm each so other. pleased to see you guys Cause okay because i got really tired of doing this from the front seat of my car <laughs> <laughs> yes it, 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 there's something Miss wonderful about getting together mm -hmm. and being able to signal back and forth between us in order to get stop the, giving away uh, the stop giving away the secrets <laughs> oh but that's the fun of performing the the this 
tell the radio show mm-hmm. and perf- and being part of it, mm-hmm. and you get to hear the the audience in a better way. Yeah, let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Hey. Hi. Am I? On? Yes, yes, you. you. Uh, fantastic. These two guys, please have on more often and have on the <laughs> Petrus brothers and sisters. These two groups will bring a lot more listeners in. Thank you. Please have them more. That's it? On far more frequently. Is that the question? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll make it a statement instead of a question. Is that all right, guys? Okay. okay. All right, we thank you for that. Okay. <laughs> that's, it, it, that's interesting. Actually, we... Uh, we're hoping to have the Petruses on soon. And I think they're going to be on uh, in in a week or so. Oh, good. But okay. but I have to tell you a story. I I had to go to a dentist the other day, and uh, he looked at me. He said, "This is a new dentist." He said, "Are you Leonard Lopez on on WBAI?" He said, "I just love the U Bells." <laughs> he said, "I love that." Now that was out of the blue. And then he said, "The only problem I have is that sometimes I call and the lines are busy." Well. Yeah. Maybe, a, maybe uh, boy, we, he's just hitting. No, he's just Boy, he was hitting all the right notes with you, wasn't he? He wanted was, you to come back for a second appointment. Oh, <laughs> I was just saying that we should get a raise. Yeah. Okay, again, the number 212-209-2877. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. How can I help you? Hello, is it me? Yes, it's you. It's all you. I should wait. Should, let me announce something that's important. There is a slight lag between uh-huh. uh, when we talk here yeah. and when you hear it on your radio. So if you have it, if you can just listen into the phone, it's okay. But we have to put uh, our shows on delay because of FCC rules. Right. So that's where okay. people no get confused at times. Okay. What do you want to talk Thank about? You. I have a question about strainers. Strainers for lead pipes the downspout yes okay go right ahead i'd like to know there there are two types one the netted type and the other the hi-hat yeah i'd like to know which is preferable which clogs more slowly Mm -hmm. well you just said you just said the key phrase is that eventually they're just all going to clog because they do um, even those uh, things where they sell those leaves, where it throws the leaves off the end. But what eventually gets into the drain is all the fine particulate. I have to say, I have um, I have two big leader uh, uh, gutters on my house, and neither one of them has any strainers at all. I just know that like three times a year, I got to get up there and clean it out. And that's one of the problems. When I used to have one of those strainers stuck into the leader, that used to get clogged. So basically it's like, where does the clog happen? Um, it generally happens all in the same place anyway, which is where the drain is, where the, where the, where the uh, downspout or leader connects to the gutter. And so, I'm, as far as those um, those uh, screens that you're talking about that they put over, 
those work too until all the holes get clogged up. And so then you right. have to clean those out. It's 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 really and it's really a maintenance thing, and you really do have to just uh, say to yourself, "I'm going to be cleaning these things three times a year, once <laughs> some once sometime around October, November, again probably sometime around January or so, February, and then one more in the spring after like the blossoms and everything. And once your hay fever goes away, uh, then it's time to clean it." Uh, in the spring, in the spring like May. May is a good time to clean because by then all the uh, all the pollen is gone and all the all the blossoms from the cherry blossoms, the magnolias and the dogwoods and all of those stuff finally fell to the ground, which basically are dead leaves also that clog everything up. We should point out that May is just a couple of days away. Right. And, well, and pretty much, I think my dogwood is probably going to drop all of its beautiful white uh, blossoms in about a week or so. Also, what's, I what, what I, I find quite, like, quite yeah. frequently is the downspouts where they're connected, and if they're dented or bent, or they have, or whoever put it together, have too many elbows and bends in that downspout, what happens is that in itself creates a clogging area that backs up into the gutter itself. And, and, and on that same point, sometimes some of the installers use screws that are too long and stick out into the downspout, which, 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 which catches the leaves. And once it catches one leaf, then more leaves get caught, more mm. leaves, and you end up with a clog in the middle of the, uh, of the downspout. Yeah, I find that the uh, installers, if they use what they call pop rivets instead of sheet metal screws, it would be, be much, much, mm. much better Right. Than, uh, than the screws But themselves. I'm also going to say the problem with the pop rivets, if you ever need to take it apart, hmm. you can't. Okay, <laughs> so the sheet metal screws, if they use tiny self, they make sheet metal screws that are only about a quarter inch thick, quarter inch with a quarter inch uh, uh, threaded section, those tend to work much better. Okay? Well, Does you that know, help? What I'm speaking about, uh, what you're saying is helpful in that you delineated the time period. Mm -hmm. But what I'm speaking of is a simple insert. Yeah, I know what simply put but but you know, I was wondering it seemed to me and I, I didn't know if you agreed with mm -hmm. this, that the the one that's highly netted mm -hmm. seemed to clog up faster than the the old fashioned high hat type with the yeah. large spaces. I think they do and I think that they they stop being effective also and I think they also when they get clogged up the water just skips over the gutter anyway and just leaks yes. down on, on on top of you. Well there's so, right. there's also so a, do you, a so, big, so do you think let me the just let me answer the question. Yeah, I think the high hat is better, but like I said I don't use any of those. I find I, I find that the screens that are using uh, the biggest problem is sometimes the the bird droppings that uh, that are prevalent in a neighborhood that uh, that those droppings solidify into a mm -hmm. very st uh, stuffed kind of, of 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 operation that the screens of the uh, devices that are supposed to protect the water from going into the gutters cause the water to flow over the screens and mm -hmm. onto your sidewalks or your mm -hmm. terraces and that's a that's also an, a, a problem roof, with it? gutters and leaders okay i see it makes okay. a pace in other words so i like the high height the, the insert one better but i okay, use none thank you and thank you for thank your you. call and a reminder that our number here is 212-209-2877 if you want to speak 
to Alan Larry, and let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hi, I have two questions. One is plumbing. I have a faucet when I turn it on. It takes four or five minutes of letting it run. This is the hot water mm-hmm. before before the hot water actually gets warm. Mm-hmm. What causes that? Well, let me ask you a question first. What kind? Of, how tall a building are you in? It's a, a Victorian house. Okay, so it's just a it's a one family or two family home, right? One family. Yes, and this is on which floor? Second. Yeah. What? But what, it's only in one bathroom on the second. It's just, is it? Yeah, no, can I interrupt for a second? Because I've had this experience as well where my kitchen faucet doesn't come up hot right away, but my shower comes up immediately. And that's all. I'm also in a small, well, a small building. There's a a bunch of things that are going on. I know you're dying to answer the question. Go. 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 I know you're like chomping at the first of First of all, it, you it's have champing to, at the bit, right? Yeah, it's not yes, chomp, I'm it's, chomping at the no, bit. No, it's champing. I think that's chomping, correct. champing. No, it's champing is the it's word. Champing. All right. Yeah. Anyway, because well, <laughs> he's a champ. First of all, it the it, whether hot water comes out uh, in a single-family home or a two-family home right away is a problem of how far away it, or length of piping of hot water piping from that faucet to the heating system and the function of the heating system. If it is quite long, you're going to have to, uh, and it remains stagnant for about an hour or two, you're going to have to empty out all that cold water that's in the pipe from the, bo- mm. from the heating equipment until you're faucet. So you have to wait for that. In taller buildings or well, multi- no, no, don't, don't, don't go there yet. Let's don't. not, let's not confuse the matter. You're getting into too much. All right, you can, me, I continue. Want, but, continue. He, but, but, like Leonard just said, and this person saying that in other fixtures it gets warm quicker, and others it doesn't. We don't know what actually is going on as far as are the pipes that are getting warm quicker are they insulated, or are they next to something that keeps them warm. The, the pipe, the, the faucet that you're speaking about may be exposed to cold air, and therefore every time you shut it off, it loses all its heat, and, the hot, and all that pipe is now cold water. you got to empty out the pipe, and then you got to warm up the pipe on the way there because as the hot water comes up, it has to warm up the pipe, and the pipe is cold, so you're taking heat energy out of the water to just warm up the pipe. So it may not be insulated. So why this happens can be random in a lot of places. There are solutions for particular fixtures where you have this problem, and it's actually a recirculation pump that you can purchase from many different manufacturers that you put it between the hot and cold water at that fixture, and what happens is there's a little pump with a thermostat, and when that temperature drops below a certain point, it turns on the pump and takes the hot water and until it gets hot and then throws that wastewater into the cold water side. And that way you're not wasting water, but you're recirculating the water so the water at that plumbing fixture will stay warm all the time. That is a problem. It. But it's, 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 it's catch as catch can. Why it will be warmer in one place and not another. And it's not always, like my father was speaking about, that it's the father's fixture from the boiler. In most cases it is, but it's not always. Okay. So there are things you can do to make it better. But in, uh, but in uh, this kind of building, that's – and especially in old Victorian, we don't know how they how – they, the pipe might not even be a straight line to where it's going. I find that if I want sometimes to wash the dishes in the kitchen, I just simply turn on the faucet 
let it run, walk out of the room, and yes. come back in a well, few minutes. That, right. That's a big. That's a big problem with people who have dishwashing machines. Yeah. The dishwashing machines. What they should do is before they turn on the dishwashing machine, they should actually let the water run on in the in the kitchen sink until it gets hot, right. so that you get hot water into the dishwashing machine. But Otherwise, uh, you you're just pumping cold water into the dishwashing machine, and some dishwashing machines have heaters and some of them don't and the ones that do you turn them off in order to save energy so your dishes don't get clean and that's a big problem well actually that he made a good point but most of the new better uh dishwashers have heaters in them and they keep the so no matter what my landlord told me run the water okay (laughs) (laughs) and what was your other question sir second question is about covering for wood wooden porch after the winter are you talking about are you talking an application of sealant or yeah paint or some kind of paint cement or what do you recommend i i'm gonna say that generally speaking i recommend nothing especially if it's pressure treated lumber because pressure treated lumber is designed to be outside that being said, I'm, I have this small little front porch in my house, which never sees the sun, so it always looks kind of icky, and that's a technical term. And so um, I'm going to actually, probably this weekend, I'm probably going to sand it down and use some uh, exterior grade deck paint on it, and I'll let you know how it goes. But I have to say, once you paint it, seal it, coat it, or do anything, you're now a slave to it, and you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to do it on a regular every, basis on, a, on every two or three years because the moisture will get underneath the paint and pick the paint up, no matter what. And so I'm not a big whether fan. it's oil or whether uh, it's oil based or water based. Or or, or doesn't matter. The it'll. It'll have to be redone, I guarantee you, in two to three years. Okay. okay. So, sorry about that. Okay, Thank so, you so much. But I, I'm going to recommend it. If you just want it to look fresh, sand it. Uh-huh. You know, just a, a, a quick sanding. You know, you either get a but belt But then when it's sanded, then the, the rain is going to hit it. That's okay? Yeah. Yeah, because the the copper oxide or the copper solution, which makes pressure-treated lumber and, and rejects uh, the rotting fungus and bacteria— uh, is is pressure treated into the wood all the way through, and so no matter if you sand it, it's not the pressure treating is not a coating; it's actually in it. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's impregnated into the wood yeah. by they put the by they put the lumber into a vacuum tank, and they fill the tank up with this uh, with this chemical. Uh, uh, formaldehyde or something like that. No, it's copper. A it's copper, copper oxide. That's why it's green. Ox- That's yes. why it's green. And when they vacuum it, this goes in and it gets sucked into the fiber of the wood. Yeah. Should we take another call? BAI, you're on the air. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hi. What's up? Uh, I want to thank BAI for Old Time Radio, Gary Null, and, of course, Leonard Lopate. My problem is... Uh, I live on the ground floor in an apartment house above the boiler, and particularly on the AM band, I have a lot of interference mm-hmm. in the ideas. Well, luckily, we were on FM. But let me ask you a question. I need to. So, you find that the um, interference is worse when the boiler turns on? No, I wouldn't say no. Okay, so it's it, probably. It, is this what kind of. Is this a multi story building? Yes. Yes, and it's probably your. 
I'm going to say that on the first floor, the uh, the surrounding walls might have not only be it's a it's a brick building. Is it a concrete? Yes. Yeah, the brick and the the brick and brick the and concrete. brick and concrete, and there's a lot of rebar there. And uh, and what's happening is um, I forget what the name of that is the uh, cage that prevents um, uh, electrical. Uh, interference. I forget the name of it, but basically the reinforced the reinforced steel and the concrete is creating a barrier, so the AM signals cannot come through the concrete and steel. I the, didn't have it years ago, though. Well, they might have also changed where the uh, they could have changed where the transmitter is. That's uh, I think a lot. You're of, thinking of uh, this is all all stations on the AM band. I think you're but, thinking of a. But a lot of them changed. A lot of them changed their transmitter and the way that they work. And I also think the FCC might have actually narrowed the bands a little bit. And so that narrowing of the bands for more for more proliferation of AM radio. Yeah. Probably. I I love how the how well, our engineer wanna, how our engineer is nodding yeah, at something. Yeah. Our that audio just, Reggie, we want to get into this to, to, to add to it. Our audio engineer. Yeah. So um, what, what has been happening, and this is all part of um, uh, the shift with television going from digital to uh, analog to digital, and it also, it also happened with uh, AM and FM radio. So what, what the Ubells are saying is, is correct about how the frequency, uh, the shift in frequency is actually uh, is affecting of what you're experiencing right now so I, I was just agreeing with that, <laughs> that was, okay. Okay. yeah but i don't get it in my uh ex and future wife's house well a different construction i'm gonna let me go. it could be different yeah. construction right. but i'm gonna right. just say the upside is that it may not be good to, for am radio but if they do drop a nuclear a nuclear device <laughs> yours is not a bad building to hang out in <laughs> so there's it there is an upside to the, have, you, you, thank you gentlemen but Leonard, because you have a day uh, yeah. dedicated to peggy and fitzgerald thank you <laughs> <laughs> thinking, and that's funny i mean on the upside you'll be protected on the downside you won't know what's going on so now, to explain, by the way, first of all, this is WBAI, New York, 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. My guests are Alan, Larry, you, Bell, and we are taking your calls at 212-209-2877. And that reference to Pekin Fitzgerald is in 1985, I <laughs> began co-hosting a radio show with her, which lasted, uh, the co-hosting lasted a number of years uh, unfortunately she was rather elderly and she passed away but she was a lot of fun to talk with <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad that that listener remembers those good old days okay let's take another call bai you're on the air hi um my name is betty i live in Davis in town and i'm so you made my day I've been just so grim about the war. You and me both, sister. But he did bring up, but but Larry did bring up the possibility of a nuclear uh, <laughs> thermal, yeah, right. a thermal nuclear device. <laughs> and and uh, we understand that that is being suggested that that might mm -hmm. we might actually wind up with that. I'm hoping that. Uh, it would be Washington D.C. and not New York that yeah, was right, the first exactly. target, because exactly. there it would do no damage whatsoever. <laughs> right. Especially if they, no yeah. waste. Any, anyway, can, anyway, what's what's your question today? Well, and um, well, we we had casement windows here uh, 20 years ago. Uh huh. And, I know. And they were they were wonderful. They were beautiful. I liked them. Um, and since then, they replaced the windows. They started blowing out of the you know they blew out of the apartment. 
and I don't know what they have now, but it's kind of freezing in here, and they're not exactly generous with heat mm-hmm. for, old, for old people. So um, I'm so weird I can even say this in public. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it really is like windy. Yeah. What What do you suggest? I don't. The landlord is not responsive. Okay, so if the I'm going to say there are a couple of things you can do. If the window, if these are windows that you do not use a lot, you don't open them. Because like, I have to say, fundamentally, of I think I have about 20 windows in my house. If I open up three, that's a lot. You know, and it's the same three or four. Uh-huh. You know, so uh-huh. the windows that one doesn't use and you have air infiltration, it might not uh-huh. be a bad idea to seal those joints with some tape, whether it's duct tape or packing tape or whatever tape you happen to have available to you and that would be on the ones that you do open and they do leak you have Uh to see why it's why are they leaking is there dirt jammed into the into the tracks or the sashes where they meet together and maybe just take a, a a rag with some water or windex and clean the tracks on the interior and the exterior of the windows and then mm-hmm. see if they seat better. If they seat, mm-hmm. because any little bit of dirt will hold that, will hold, those, these windows are built as pretty precision devices and any piece mm-hmm. of dirt that's stuck in the track mm-hmm. or stuck in, 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 in on the sash will prevent it from closing completely and cause it to have air leakage. Oh, interesting. So, well, um, I'll, I'll maybe I'll... To give that a whirl and see how it goes, okay? Okay, and if it doesn't, Maybe the Tenants Association can contact the landlord once again. Yes. Well, that's always fun. Okay. Okay. Thank you for your call. Let's go to another call. What did you want to say before you? What happened? Oh, that was the last call. This is going to be the last call. This is the last call. Take the call. Oh, yeah. Okay. BAI, you're on the air. Thank you very much. I'm Melinda. I live in Manhattan. Yes. I'm calling because... My shower was recently re-grouted and yes. new tiles put on the shower floor. Uh-huh. They didn't seal it. Well, you I'm don't. wondering s- if that's something that I should do if it'll last longer. No, it won't last longer, and you don't seal tiles anyway because the moisture goes through the t- the moisture goes through the tile and then on the shower bottom goes to the lead pan or the membrane pan and then drains into the into the drain. And, and fortunately, I got to leave it there. Okay. And my great thanks to both of you for being on our show, and uh, we have come to the end of uh, our show. If you're just discovering this program, would like to hear more of our one-hour deep dive interviews, you can access our nearly 700 past shows streaming on demand at WBAI.org. Also available as a podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to write to me, my email address is leonardlopate at WBAI.org. Before I sign off, I need to ask you to step up and support Leonard Lopate at Lord so we can continue to bring you the kind of informative, in-depth interviews that you've come to expect from us. Please go online right now to give to WBAI.org. That's give, and then the number two, WBAI.org, or call 212-209-2950 to help keep Leonard Lopate at Large and BAI on the air, because our listeners are our only source of support. And one great way to show your support is to become a sustaining member of the station, what we call a BAI buddy. And you can do that at $10, $15, $20, whatever level you're comfortable with. Again, the number 212 212- 
209-2950 or go online to give to wbai.org and please be sure to make that contribution in the name of Leonard Lopate at large and, and thanks and we hope you'll join us again tomorrow when John Marshall joins us to discuss his new book Clash, Presidents and the Press in Times of Crisis. We'll see you then. <laughs>